praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Connect podcast. And I know we live in just in a, an incredibly challenging time in the world, a lot of angst and confusion and anger, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, nervousness as to what the future is going to hold. I read this scripture passage from the book of Psalm, and I wanted to share it with you. It says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Yes, our heart is glad in him. Because we trust in his holy name, let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. And I thought that was really a a timely passage from Psalm chapter 33. Our hope is indeed in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he also wants us to be men and women of action. And in the face of confusion, in the face of evil that we're seeing right now, because we know this from scripture too, that evil and confusion comes from the devil. It says, God is not the author of confusion. God is truth and God is love. So when we see confusion in the world, we know that there's a diabolical element to that. So having said that, you know, we need to really educate ourselves as to what the issues really are. And we can't plead ignorance because there is a nefarious force that is, uh, you know, darkening the intellect of people and it's influencing our political structures and is moving away from Christendom into a post-Christian and a very secular society. So I'm really glad that Kennedy Hall came by. Uh, The People's Party of Canada is making a lot of waves in Canada. I'm certainly not telling you how to vote, but I am saying that there are certain parties that I don't know how a practicing Catholic could ever justify voting for. And while there is no perfect political party, there is no perfect politician, unless Jesus and Mary show up all of a sudden and start running as an MP and you're riding in Canada, we will never have the perfect candidate. But what we can do is educate ourselves on the issues of the day and rightfully discern who we're going to be sending to Parliament. Who's going to be that local representative in our constituency that's going to promote virtue and freedom for all? And that's such an important thing for us Catholics to do, to take that leadership role on and send the right person to Parliament. And it's not uh, just Parliament, but any level of government. We really need to be discerning of those things as well. So without further ado, our good friend Kennedy Hall from the Crusade Channel. We'll see you on the other side, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Well, we're so honored to have the Crusade Channel's Kennedy Hall join us again to talk about the current state of political affairs in Canada and a little bit about the rise of the People's Party of Canada. So, Kennedy, thanks for uh, joining us again here on short notice. I know you got a lot going on. Thank you for having me. It's always uh, Canucks got to stick together, you know. That's exactly it, especially the the Catholic Canucks, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to go back first. Kennedy, really quick to a date, and I want to just mm-hmm. kind of get your thoughts on this. Let's go back to May 27th, 2017. That's the day that Maxime Bernier uh, lost the Conservative Party of Canada's leadership, and it was very narrow. It was like 1%. It was like 2%. Yeah, it was a small. Or 2%, very small, right, to Andrew Scheer. Now, what we're seeing here is this, this uh, emergence of the, the People's Party of Canada, the PPC. And is that Max Bernier that we saw, that same guy that lost that by the narrowest of margins really on that day? Uh, or has that released from, I would consider Kennedy, the Conservative Party, an establishment party now in Canada. Is that release kind of bringing about his true colors now? Both. So he uh, obviously, like, it's like when I worked in the school system, there would be certain ways I would say things that when I was trying to get my point across because I was in a system. But I might have ideas totally anathema to the system, but I'm trying to kind of do my best to prudently work within it. I'm sure he was doing that. And then now that he's released from the system, it's like, what do you have to lose? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Maxine Bernier, 
he's evolved. Uh, he used to be much more apathetically pro-choice. Now he's much more reluctantly uh, vague on the abortion thing and is more he's more comfortable with 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 um, uh, allying with, let's say, the evangelical traditional Catholic sort of openly pro-life stance. And if you see him in rallies and stuff going around the country, he doesn't answer the question saying I'm pro-life, I'm pro-choice. He says the People's Party of Canada will let the party decide. We're the only party that's against sex, selective abortion, et cetera. So I think he's sort of more open with uh, being less politically correct because he has no reason to. Um, also, the basis of his policies, though, are very much the same. Um, he lost the leadership race largely or almost exclusively because of the agricultural lobby. And I am a friend of farmers and I've got best friends, literally, who are dairy farmers um, and they were very uh, fond of like the quota system, et cetera, which he was criticizing. Um, and he still does criticize that system. However, I think since that time, he's slightly tempered on how he would deal with that. And he's trying to find a way to uh, reach people that are farmers, for example, who are generally speaking, very common sense and conservative, but not skirting the issues that he still feels strongly about. So he's kind of the same. Uh, but he's also been freed. And I think we've seen him uh, be a much better version of himself because of that. And I think that that, that establishment, leaving the establishment of these, these so-called elites, I guess, that we see in Eastern Canada, especially, and uh, not to not to pick on you, Kennedy, out in Ontario. You can pick but... on Ontario, it sucks. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, here in Alberta, that's exactly how we feel a lot of times. And, and yes, there's a huge agricultural community here in Alberta and Saskatchewan. And it seems like that... Um, I think it's the entrepreneurs, the freedom fighters. Yeah. The farmers. Cause I mean, they fit into a lot of those, uh, those categories too. That seems to be who his message really appeals to. Right. And, and it's, it's mm. that freedom and uh, boy, that the, the timing couldn't have been any, uh, any better right now, the way that Justin Trudeau, especially has really doubled down on these, these ridiculous passports, uh, these vaccine mm. passports that are getting everybody nervous, whether you've taken the jab or not, but yeah. What are your thoughts on that Kennedy? Well, yeah. And if Maxine Bernier were to, like I live in a rural area and we're moving. I won't tell people where, cause we're trying to get away from people knowing where I live, <laughs> moving to a tiny one stoplight town somewhere in Southwestern Ontario that narrows it down. And, um, Southwestern Ontario is about the size of Italy. So there you go. But, uh, uh, I've never seen so many PPC. I mean, I've only been around for two elections, but last election, I saw no PPC signs on farms. When you see a sign on a property, the person has to give permission for the sign on the property. So if it's, a, it's a tacit approval of, of the party. I see PPC signs all over farms this time, and I'm surrounded by farms. Now, farms are not a majority of voters in the country by any means. However, they were the reason why Bernier did not get elected last time for the, to be the leader. It's not a leadership race. It's not the same thing. But it was like 51-49 or something. It was like 50.4 to 49.6 or something. Very, very close. So that swing percentage of conservative voters seems to have, generally speaking, at least partially flipped. Uh, so he'd probably win today, which is too, too little too late. However, um, you know, last election, and I was doing a little bit of math. Last election, the PPC got about 270,000, 280,000 votes countrywide. They got zero seats. Uh, I think Bernier can win his seat again in Quebec. He's in both. People don't know where Beauce is in Quebec. If you've ever gone to a carnival or a fair, the francophones uh, um, that work at the, the, uh, at the fair, they're almost always from Beauce. It's like 
this, I mean this in the most endearing way possible. It's a very hick part of, of Quebec, hence why they have carnies. Okay. So that's, let's just, that is what it is. A lot of Molson export, a lot of players light. So essentially um, he's from there, which makes a lot of sense about why Maxime Bernier is the way he is. He's a man of normal Canadians, people who are not Toronto, people's Republic of Toronto, uh, Trudopians, you know, like they're just regular people like yourself and like myself, different jobs. Doesn't matter. Just want to live their life, be normal. So he's from that area. He lost his seat last time because he was this unknown. It's very different this time. He had the seat. So people there did trust him, but he left the party. So they no longer trusted him. Now the world has lost its mind. He's one of the most trustworthy people around for normal people. Bose is full of normal people. Uh, and now they have reasons to not trust the establishment. So it's very likely he'll win his seat again. Also, there's a writing in, uh, so I'm going to get off topic, but point is last time they got 280,000 votes or so. The NDP got about 2.7 million votes, 10 times the votes of the PPC. The NDP got 24 seats, the, 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 the um, down from 39, and the People's Party got zero. Easily, easily the PPC is 10 times as popular this time. And I mean that. Like, I knew no one, two guys, that I knew no one at the time who was voting for PPC. It was just, quote unquote, far-right libertarians or whatever, or out there libertarians. And I don't have any problem with libertarianism. I'm just saying that's what they were labeled as. So now uh, it's uh, people from all stripes. I've, I've been to many of these anti-lockdown rallies. There are people from all stripes of the political persuasion, but they, they uh, ally on one thing is they want to live in a sane society. <laughs> they don't want to live in bizarro land. So easily he's going to get tons of uh, right-wing voters. He's also going to get many of the old school liberal voters who they might be pro-choice, which is wrong. They might be pro redefinition of, redefinition of marriage, et cetera, which is wrong. But they're in a position where they're saying, I was for those things, but I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> so I don't want to live in a crazy society. Uh, I think people keep thinking, is he going to get the conservative vote? Uh, I think he's going to get lots of it. I think they need to ask another question. Is he going to get lots of the liberal vote? And I think, they're, I think that they're missing because these liberals, they're so like these, these they're so myopic they're as bad as the conservatives but the, you know you see this with trudeau i mean the country bloody hates him at this point you know they they forget that they've ruined their 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 trust with a lot of the centrists that they used to call themselves liberals and they no longer exist so anyway i think it's a ball i think i think you could easily see the ppc get a million votes which is big deal for an obscure party um that would put them in a position to get half a dozen to a dozen seats depending on where they get them I could also see them getting as many as 3 million votes uh, because, I, as I said, I think they are as popular as I think they're 10 times popular than they, more popular than they were. And in uh, other terms, the NDP got the same amount of votes and 24 seats. So it's not a one to one correlation, but I think that we're in for quite a surprise coming next week. How complicit is the media in really covering up for Justin Trudeau? And, uh, you know, we've seen this this kind of barnstorming tour that he went on, at least for the first half of this uh, campaign trail. And, uh, you know, we've seen the, uh, well, we've seen some, some pretty bad language from people. We've seen a lot of protesters, not that this is, this should be offensive to anybody. I mean, people are saying, say some bad words. What's the big deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, um, the way the media vilified a lot of those protesters, um, it, it you know, it kind of gave the, the feeling, at least for me, somebody that lives just outside of a large city in Alberta, but, you know, welcome to life in Canada outside of your palatial, you know, mm -hmm. 20th floor um, office building in Toronto. 
there's such a disconnect, isn't there, Kennedy, between mm-hmm. uh, the media elites, especially the ones based in Eastern Canada, and the, the rank and file people in Canada. And I'm not just talking about Alberta or Saskatchewan. I mean, we saw a lot of these protests in Ontario, you know, in rural areas yeah. of Ontario, uh, out of touch. But there's also that um, that drive from the media to to kind of vilify the PPC because we see a few signs at these rallies. So what are your thoughts on that? What have, what have your observations been? Well, Bernier is basically a classic liberal. That's the ironic part. Yeah. I mean, he's... Uh... Shows I how wish the political the... spectrum has changed, though, over the last five five years, you know, even, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I have a whole... One day, if we had, like, three hours to talk, I have a whole... Uh, I think the political... The, 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 the left and versus right political spectrum, I think, is a leftist invention. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't allow for anything three-dimensional, which basically gets rid of Catholic thought. <laughs> well, that's uh, an interesting... And, it's a, and that's the right thought, too. You, you mentioned classical liberalism. At, at one time, I think that... Uh, you could have a healthy debate with, with people that, that had those sort of political ideologies. Mm-hmm. But, but now, like you said, that this, this construct of left versus right establishment versus, you know, the extreme um, it, there's gotta be something in between. Right. Well, and it's just gotta be something that's outside of it. You know, it's, it's uh, left and right didn't really exist till the French revolution. Cause they sat on the left and the right side of the Assemblée Nationale. And that's, they were called the revolutionaries with the leftists and the monarchists with the rightists. And that's, that's, that's totally a constructed, that's a construct in and of itself because it's an inorganic development. Anyway, so uh, Bernier is a classic liberal, basically. Um, and uh, the media are just idiots. I mean, they're just complete and utter idiots. Like I read something today, you know, Trudeau was the, the CBC, it was just said Trudeau was winning in the polls. He's just not, he's just not winning in the polls. I don't want O'Toole to win. I'm just saying he's just not winning. I mean, but it's just, they just say things. So um, they're going to do whatever they can do to vilify somebody. Um, and uh, but I'm very hopeful for what's happening right now in a way, because I believe that we're having our deplorable moment. Um, you know, uh, Donald Trump was not perfect, but Donald Trump was uh, not an establishment. I mean, some people will say he was, but he wasn't. I mean, at least symbolically. Um, so, you know that word deplorable is like a badge of honor if you're an American and you're not a leftist. Now, I mean, I've, as again, I've, I've been to the rallies, two, two of the anti-lockdown rallies, and the anti-lockdown rallies and the PPC rallies are, are basically the same people. And tomorrow I'm going to a big rally. They're, they're labeling it as the biggest PPC rally ever. They're hoping it's going to be. It's ironically in a small town called Elmer, which is where that Pastor Hildebrand is from. Nothing. It was not on the map until then. Um, but that little place has been a, a lightning rod of countercultural stuff. They've had that vaccine choice Canada thing there. So the quote unquote anti-vaxxers are known to be there. And so it's a very unique little place politically. Um, so we're in a position now where, you know, if, you, if you've ever read 1984 and I recommend people read them, but don't take them as seriously as they take Shakespeare. And the reason I say that is because uh, Orwell and Huxley and the guys who wrote the dystopian novels, they were essentially atheists. So they had no concept of sin and the metaphysical, um, which is always missed by them. So I think that they get about 80% of it correct and 20% of it really wrong. Whereas men like Shakespeare, they recognize evil, et cetera, but they also recognize that evil has an effect on the villain. Whereas in um, 1984 and other books, the villains are almost seen as uh, indestructible in their psychology, which is just not the way people work because sin makes you an idiot. So it does. uh, Yeah. So that's why I like, you know, if you want to look at what's going to happen to the elites, look at Macbeth. 
because he goes crazy because he deals with the devil essentially. And then same thing in Hamlet and so forth. And the ghosts always come back, you know, you know, the motif. So um, what's happening right now is people are essentially realizing, oh, sorry, the, the flaw in 1984, I should finish that tangent in that story. It was only the government who had the telescreens and could watch everybody. In real life, it's actually more like a Pandora's box, which I recommend people read their Greek literature as well, because the tool of the internet, the tool of the smartphone is actually too much for them to control. It's an unfettered power, but that also can be your own demise. So um, who cares if no one watches, if people are watching CBC, 10 times as many people are not watching CBC. Um, and the people that are in the, the, the elitist positions, they're still very powerful. I'm not negating that. Uh, but there's, I see this with, I was talking to a family member. Okay. This is a little math here. Love this family member, a very close family member, but I'm, you know, I'm not vaccinated, you know, crazy. Um, or with this vaccine, I should say. And um, they said, are your friends like you? And I said, yeah. And I said to this person, I don't know anyone who is, I think I know of one person or something, but I don't really know anyone who's taken the vaccine. They thought I had 10 heads, but then I said, listen, let's look at the numbers here in Canada and Ontario. Let's just take Ontario. Everyone over the age of 70, it's basically a hundred percent vaccination rate. A lot of that, obviously propaganda, fear, doctors, nursing homes, etc. And even then, I don't think that the vaccine is safe. However, if I was looking at the mainstream literature and you took the coronavirus narrative at face value, you could make the argument prudently that like an 80 year old would be wise to take it. That's what I'm saying would be in the literature. So I can understand why even reasonable people would. I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt. So it makes sense that it's a very high rate. And it's the same with the flu shot. Flu shot is always like 98% over the age of 80. Okay. Canada has a population that is that, that we have more people over the age of 65 than we have under 15. So we're on a demographic cliff, as they call it. Japan is the same. If it wasn't for immigration, our population would be declining. So what does this, all this mean? We take the fact that Ontario is about 78% double vaxxed, as they say. But you take the fact that the majority of the population is actually over the age of 65. Under the age of 65, it's actually about 50-50 non-vaxxed, which is actually huge. People don't realize that. They don't put the numbers in context. That means about 50% of active professionals, people who are voting, people who are starting families, people who are building businesses, and the lower an age group you get, the less likely person is to get vaccinated. So under 50, it's probably 65, 35 unvaxxed to vaxxed. People don't know this and the media doesn't know this. It's not that they ignore it. They just don't know it because they're not that smart. I know I'm a journalist now for LifeSite. I deal with liberal media all the time. Most liberal journalists are stupid. And I, I say this with all charity. They actually don't know what they're doing. It's like people that graduate university with statistics degrees and then they don't know how to read statistics. They actually don't know what they're doing. And they don't know they don't know because they live in bubbles. So right now, what we're seeing with the PPC, we're seeing two different societies operate incongruously. One knows the other one exists and how they think because they're surrounded by it. The other does not know how the other one thinks, even though it exists within them. For now, there's a residual momentum and force on behalf of the elitist, so-called, and it will last for a significant amount of time, depending on where you live. But it cannot stand because it's based on uh, wrong information and blind spots. However, 
the problem for the PPC left or uh, uh, outside of the spectrum movement is going to be is going to be keeping the momentum going in a positive direction once certain goals are attained. So if we do get, for example, let's say the PPC miraculously gets 15 seats, that would be huge. That would actually be massive because that would be a message to the strategists who are evil, but nonetheless keen and cunning in the conservative party. And they would say, oh crap, real conservatives actually still exist. And we didn't win the election because of them. We better change our tune. You'd probably see something like a coalition or a task coalition, et cetera. The problem with that, though, is let's just say we get rid of vaccine passports, which I think is a possibility that they'll go away in about three to six months. Let's just say we get rid of them. Well, then what do they fight as the PPC? Because a lot of people who are PPC supporters don't know a lot about the rest of the PPC position, which is anti-mass immigration, which is anti-multiculturalism as a law. I agree with all these things. But so I think the next hump for the PPC is going to be how do you maintain the message if you attain any of your goals? Yeah, absolutely. Last question, because I know you're you, you're tight for time. You're, the, the Conservative Party of Canada also allows Catholics to run. I yeah. don't know how you could, uh, uh, full disclosure, Kennedy, let's be honest. If you're a practicing Catholic, a devout Catholic that is following the magisterium, following what scripture, the catechism, what you need to do to be a living in a state of grace, hard to envision a scenario for you voting the Liberals or the NDP. You can't even belong to the party and run for a, a yeah. position, no less. Um, what about uh, there is a, the odd riding here and there that do have good guys. I live in a one riding that is such Garnet Genis, one of the one of the good guys, uh, practicing Catholic, serious about his faith. He's a conservative member. Uh, what would your words of advice be to someone uh, that may have a, a Christian or another good person of, of goodwill, and they're saying, you know what? I like what the PPC is doing, but man, we just got, we just got to get Justin Trudeau out one way or the other. And we'll take Aaron O'Toole over him any day. What would you say to those people? Fair enough. Um, personally, I think the, the conservative party is part of the problem. Uh, but I also don't think that the PPC is going to win the president or the prime ministership. Uh, so uh, if you had a pro-life candidate who was a sane, also to in fairness, uh, I actually think the PPC is going to focus its or should focus its efforts on provincial elections next year in Ontario. Um, because lockdowns and vaccine passports are actually more a provincial issue than anything. Uh, it's just that the motivation right now is federal because that's what's happening. Um, but what you always try to do as a, as a voter uh, is you just vote for the best candidate available to you and you send and you vote for them and not their leader. I mean, I don't advocate for Maxime Bernier's position on abortion. OK. But but he's not the per I voted for a man named Wayne Baker, who's who's a Christian evangelical type who's pro-life in my area. And he's running for the PBC is great. So um, and I think I don't know what John Nader believes about pro-life, but I just can't stand. I just had an option that wasn't the conservatives and I can't stand them anymore. So I took it. But if you didn't have that option, you don't have that option. So it's it's uh, you send the person to parliament with their ideas. You don't have to advocate or accept the ideas of anyone else they associate with who are wrong, just like anything in life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. No, absolutely. For sure. No, Kennedy, thanks for your insights. Tell everybody where they can find you. Cancel your Netflix subscription and <laughs> go to crusadechannel.com. Crusadechannel.com <laughs> forward slash Kennedy. I'll say it again. Crusadechannel.com forward slash Kennedy. I'm also a journalist, journalist at LifeSite now, which is great. Um, so you can find all my articles there. I'm also on the edit editorial board at 1 Peter 5, traditional Catholic publication. 
Um, and I have videos at the Fatima Center, Fatima.org, or just YouTube Fatima Center, uh, daily, weekly videos. Just did one on Afghanistan and Our Lady of Fatima and um, how they're linked. And anyway, there's lots there. And um, what else do I have? I write at Crisis Magazine um, and Catholic Family News. I have an article coming out in the October edition of Catholic Family News about Our Lady of Guadalupe and the Battle of Lepanto and the link between them. Um, and there's actually a very strong link there, which is quite fun and surprising. So check out all those places. And uh, that's all she wrote. Sounds like more great content and conversation for next time, Kennedy. Thanks for, for joining, man. We'll be in touch. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Well, big thanks again to Kennedy Hall for joining us in this episode of the Catholic Connect podcast as we get ready for a big election in Canada. And uh, even if you're listening to this after the election in charity, would you pray for us in Canada? It doesn't matter where you're from. We have so many listeners outside of Canada, from the United States and, and Europe and Africa. It's a, it's a blessing to know that the Universal Church is massive. And uh, I just appreciate all of your feedback and you listening from so many different countries. How exciting is that? We do need your prayer here in Canada. This is a country that has been blessed with so much. Uh, arguably, maybe the country that has been blessed with the most. And when it comes to the foundations of this country really building, being built on Catholic principles, and boy, is it ever painful to see this all slip through our grasp all these great gifts that we had and they are starting to slip away very quickly from us. So keep praying for us here in Canada. And you know what? We know there's a lot of people of goodwill out there, Catholic and non-Catholic. And I know you listen to our podcast as well. I'm so appreciative and so thankful for that. So like and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast. Oh, I really appreciate all of your uh, feedback and your support there. And you reaching out to me, please drop me a line anytime. I love interacting and talking with all of you and remember catholics you know what we need to do especially now in this time of uh, great trouble in our world is that we need to live in a state of grace take care of ourselves spiritually and then we can take care of our family and our friends as well and be that example and that beacon of light to this hurting world and we got to be in that state of grace and that means going to confession at least three times every year every advent every lent and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.